Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged, uh, brought to you by the great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial. I'm going to tell you, I'm not sure when this goes up, if we're going to have our new site up yet, but prices are going to be increasing. So make sure you jump in soon. Um, that's going to be really important. It's a you can go over and check it out. A lot of, a lot of resources, mentoring, community, basically everything you need to, to help you become a better basketball coach. So um, that's why we came up with that tagline. Um, if you're looking for some free resources, I would ask you to go over and check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at uh, Teach Hoops. It's a, it's a great way to kind of get started with what we do along with this podcast. And um, let me apologize again. I, got, I tried to clean up these clinic, note, these clinic audio as best I could. I know there's a little bit of an echo issue with some of these, um, but I thought they were so important to get them out to you guys. Down below in the show notes, there's clinic notes. It's for all the clinics. I think there's going to be six of them by the time we get done. I think we'll be done by the middle of October. I'm hoping to get some other clinics on here too, just so to give you a little bit more variety as far as uh, things that we're kind of trying to give to you. Um, and if you have any questions, let us know at, at uh, steve at teachhoops.com. So, all right, here we go. Off to the do's and don'ts of, uh, of building, a, uh, building a program. So here you go. Good morning. I hope everybody traveled safe as you, as you got here and come here with good spirits and willing to uh, at least take one little tidbit that hopefully I can cause it. I am no guru. I will correct that. Not at all. I'm no expert. But there is a few things that I've picked up along the way that's helped my program. Hopefully it gets your creative juices flowing and you can take something that may help your program as well. Before I get started, I'd like to know who I'm presenting to, um, your backgrounds, of course, we can't get into great detail, but how many men coaches do we have out there? Females. Feel for y'all. The title of my presentation is The Do's and Don'ts of Building a Program. Of course, all of you have built your own program or are building a program or in a good place with your program. Again, I don't know at all. I'm just going to share some things that, that has helped me and has helped us. When you hear that title, what are some things that you think you're going to hear today from? 
来来西方接触。See, again, I'll tell you, I'm your guru. Those three things are part of my presentation. I'm going to start with accomplishments, not to be, uh, not to brag or be boastful. I start with accomplishments just to let you know that this has worked for us. It may not work for you. Um, we've been every gamut. We've been not so good. We've been average. And we've met the, the highest SMR in the state championship. So I've been every level you can be as a coach, all the ups and downs. And what I've done is compile this information to again, to show you what has worked for us. The first thing I think is very important for coaches to know is to know your rule book. I'm assuming everyone here is North Carolina High School Athletic Association or some sort maybe from another state, whatever the case may be, know your rule book. Do not rely on your athletic director, past coaches, or anybody else to tell you what you can and cannot do with your program. No knock on any athletic director anymore. But they have so many other sports going on, they don't know your sport in and out as well as you should. Right? Let me know if I'm going too fast as well. Know the needs of your students. Know the needs of your student athletes. Know the needs of your players. Know their background. Know where they come from. Know what they deal with when they leave. That's very purposeful because when you're coaching, you have emotions, you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with as a, as a man or a young lady, they have the same things. They're dealing with things as well. So I'm a young like I, I get it. But if I'm dealing with a student or a basketball player who is coming from a background where every night they're dealing with somebody yelling, I'm not gonna be very effective, right? That makes sense. So as a coach, you need to know what you're dealing with. That way you can be most effective. I'm not technology, technology savvy. So Coach Flo told me I could hit a button and should go. No. <laughs> Team meeting. Now, this is something that I took for granted for a while, but then I met coaches who would tell me that they didn't have this in their program. They didn't have team meetings. Um, before you start the season, in order for your program to be successful, in my opinion, you must have a team meeting. Um, you must have a team must have a team meeting to review your standards, your team policies, and you must speak to a parent face to face. That is very important. Um, as a coach, you deal with a lot of shit, right? You have to take some, but during this parent meeting, this is the opportune time for you to let the parent know how much shit you're going to deal with. 
in what type of city. Um, for me, this is where I establish my rules, my procedures, my expectations. It helps me be transparent. It helps my coaching staff be transparent so we know when we have to deal with issues, which we will as coaches, maybe a young lady or a young man misses practice. It's very transparent that they see in writing, they've signed it, they can take it home with them. You see what my options are, what my consequences will be. Do not allow players to play until you have that face-to-face -face meeting. Even if you have to sometimes go to a parent house or have an alternative meeting, please do that. Along with that same meeting, this is where you present your, your rules, print it out so they can see and read and feel for themselves. Provide copies to the parents and have the parents sign it. This is their accountability as well. Because if you go through a whole season and you don't have to refer back to that rule book, then God bless you. You are in an unimaginable situation. Practice time. In order to have a successful program, you must do the fundamentals every day. Although they're boring, they're mundane, um, even to us, they will be as a player's But Basketball hasn't changed. It hasn't changed since the peach basket. You, know how, you have to know how to dribble, you have to know how to shoot, you have to know how to defend, you have to know how to pass. Find time in your practice, no, no matter how bad or how good your team is, to do the fundamentals and repeat them daily, every single day. Now I'm not. Do um, you still do it like toward the later season, like playoff time? Absolutely. Every day. Um, just like our scripture. It's, it's part of my day to day routine. Start practice on time and end on time. Now, there's a few things in my presentation that I'm still working on, and this is one of them. But I know that this will help your program. Starting your practice on time, I'm good with. It's the ending on time. Depending on, you know, playoffs or what have you, I can get a little long-winded because I expect perfection. Um, but if you can, try to honor that time. We'll talk about communication and relationship building. Build a relationship with your players. I've been lucky enough and blessed enough to coach at the same school where I teach. So one of the ways that I build relationships is I have an open door policy. If my players can come by at any time, even if I'm in the middle of a class or what have you, I'll make time for them. For them. That's very helpful in building relationships. During that time, I listen to things that I really don't give a shit about, but I act like I do. Yeah, your boyfriend, yeah, he did that. So great. 
Your Aunt Susie has a garden? Great. Just whatever it is to build that relationship so they feel like they, that, you, that you care. Now, don't get me wrong. I do care about them, but I don't care about their Aunt Susie's garden. So that matters. Very important. Build relationships with their, whoever they see outside of you. Whether it's their AAU coaches, if they have a trainer, build a relationship with them. It doesn't have to be, I'm not saying kiss her butt or anything like that. But I'm saying build a relationship, at least a neutral relationship. So in the off season or every time that they are with this AU program or this AU coach, that person isn't degrading you or bringing down what you've been still. That will go a long way. If they play basketball with you three or four months and they go off and play three or four months with Coach A, and Coach A is still and say, you know what, Coach Sharon, he's a pretty good coach. Keep saying, keep doing what he's doing. Keep playing like he wants you to play. That's a whole lot different than, you know what, Coach Sharon doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's doing. You should do it my way. Y'all would be much better off if I was the coach. That is very important. These young people are very impressive. Very. So don't forget that. Don't, don't have that. My mindset at the beginning was the outside didn't matter. It absolutely does. You you have you can manage that. Parents. Again, that's something that you have to manage. Figure out your way to manage that parent athlete relationship, that parent coach relationship. A few mistakes that I've seen made by programs um, that I think are mistakes that I don't think could work for me is never have a parent coach your program or be a coach within your program. No knock on anybody who's done it, if you've done it, if it worked for you, great job. I just don't see how it would work for me. Um, as you know, people have innate responses and, and have prejudged ideas. So having a parent within your program can, can really hurt you. So make sure you, you think about that. Um, traveling to and from games. We have a rule that we win together, we lose together. You ride the bus to the game, and when we lose, you get on the bus and you ride back with us. Allow your players that, that decompression time. The last thing you want in order, if you want to succeed and have a successful program, is every time you lose, they hop in the car and the parents are going to say, well, Help me out. What is the parent going to tell the basketball player? Right. Who fought it? Who needs to play more? How many shots did so-and-so take? They should have passed it to you. You were the one. Give them time. They're going to hear it when they get home. Or they're going to hear it when they get to their parents. However, allow them that time to digress with you. Digress with yes, me. I struggle with that a lot, though, because of the classes and stuff. So late. Like, I'm, I'm an old school player, that's what we did. We rode the bus together and all that. But it's a hard line for our game days late if we're <coughs> traveling late or whatever. Because I wanted to go home and start studying, get something to eat, and go to bed. So I struggle with that a lot of letting them, because I'm not used to that. And this was my first year, and they rode home with parents and they were allowed to do something. So do I change, flip that totally around? Or? 
That's your, your question is a great question. It is a struggle. I can tell you what I do, and then you can kind of figure out what we do goes back to that parent people. I establish when we lose, they must go home with me. With that said, we have kind of things like this. If we play well, and it's a Tuesday game, we can stay halftime. So we'll get home in enough time to do our study. If we don't play well, we may not we might not hear the, the stars playing back. Um, so it's like I said, it's kind of whatever you whatever works for you, as long as it's clear and, and consistent, then you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. For me, it's always been back on the bus. If we don't perform well, if you perform well, halftime. And it also matters the distance that we're away. If we play some games where we're about an hour and 15 away. So those games we try to get back on the bus so we can be prepared for school. Coming into coaching, one thing that, that wasn't done at, at the school I was at was the use of July and August. In order to have a successful program, use every little bit of time you can. Of course, you need your, your rest, you need your recovery time. But during July and August, you can be in the weight room. Whatever it is consistent with the rules of, of whatever embodies you, spend that time. To take a whole month off without your, your kids, that's, I just think that that time can be better used. Now, it doesn't have to be every single day. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is find some way to use August and July with your team, whatever it may be. And for high school in North Carolina, it's usually that July period, I find a lot of teams aren't doing too much. Academics. On and off the court, Coach Mingo, your question about getting back home for your schoolwork, that's, that's important to, to building a program. And it has to be established that academics is just as important as basketball. Um, we have GPA requirements for our team that supersedes the GPA requirement for the county. Um, of course, we have to make sure it goes back to those relationships and knowing our students. Every student on your team isn't an A student. Well, I can't say that about your team. Every student on my team isn't an A student. No way. It's not going to happen for me. But there is some D students who have been performing at D level who can get C's. And I think that academic piece teaches a lot of values and, and things that will make you a better basketball player and, of course, a better program. Study how a program most schools have, well, one week you may be early, the next week you may be late, some, some sort of scheduling like that. Again, find what works for you. For our program, that time that we're not in the gym, we spend together and stuff at home. Again, you're teaching your values that you're going to need once the basketball days are over. Player health. Player fitness, um, again, I have some things on this slide that I presented before that I'm working on. And one of the things I took off on this is for a coach to do your best to be physically fit. Um, it's obvious why I took it off and I didn't want to share that with y'all today, all right? But as a coach, your appearance is important. Um, as I've gotten older, it's become less and less important. I've gotten a little lazier. 
But that physical appearance, because again, young kids, young, young people are very impressive. So if you hate, you look like you played basketball, your message goes across totally different than someone that looks like they've never picked up a basketball. Um, so do your best to, to be physically fit. And also your health is, is better that way. You know the, the grinds and the ups and downs of the season can weigh on you health-wise as well. Establish a weight program, whether it's strength and agility, whether it's ropes, whether it's jumping ropes, whether it's bands, whatever it is, establish some type of extra that isn't basketball like. Um, for our program, that ensures toughness. It teaches toughness, um, run heels. Do something that isn't directly related to basketball, so to speak. Team meals before games. Now this has helped me, I think. I'm seeing, walking in the gym and seeing a player 10 to 15 minutes before pregame eat a number three from McDonald's and, and a milkshake. Great. And then they go out and score 20 against me. So I'm thinking, if they had something healthy, they probably would score sick. <laughs> and it, it, it just, it, it baffles me. Um, again, I'm just here to offer some things that we may let slip by in our program. You can't be with them 24-7, but the thing you can do is offer a healthy alternative before every game. One, to model what you want, and two, so the performance is better. Um, health, diet, diet restrictions. Again, you can't be with them when they're in the hallway. You can't be with them in the lunchroom. You can't be with them in the hallway. But while they're with you, you can establish certain rules and procedures and regulations. For us, is no service. Anytime you're around me, you have to have one. Player development. And this is more prevalent in the, the female programs nowadays. The lack of female participation is, is, is killing young ladies' sports. Um, men, I don't think you have as much problems filling the JV team. So no matter what, try to have a JV team, no matter how terrible they're going to be. If you can find six, seven, eight, possibly nine young ladies who like sports, try to fill the team. One, so you have something to pull from. Excuse me, somebody have, so you have something to pull from later on because you're that good. I believe that each one of you are that good that if you have a, a young lady in your program for four years, hopefully that fourth year they'll be able to help you in some way. And at worst, they can be a good manager. For me, I keep two young players on varsity, ninth graders if I can, who can't play basketball at all but they embody some of the values, some of the morals, some of the character traits that I want my team to have. Toughness, perseverance, all those things. Uh, I mean, these players are players that the coach, uh, or my players, my returning players have come to me uh, once the team is selected and say, coach, did you mean to take them off or is that a mistake? So really look for these character players. They'll help you out in the long run. Team bonding activities. Do two to four of your many service projects a year. Again, it's very important to me, and I think it's very important to, to the younger generation as coaches as we instill that spirit of giving, that spirit of appreciation, 
that spirit of gratitude. Um, every situation isn't the same. And no matter how bad or how terrible your student athlete thinks they have it, it's good to see someone else who isn't doing as good as they are. Again, you know all the morals and the values that we still. Fundraise together as a program. Raise money, even if you're at a spot where you don't need it. Still fundraise together. It shows them that this without hard work, or you have to work hard, you have to work at something to receive something. Nothing is given to us for free. Um, some of us are in programs that have great booster clubs, and they're able to support our teams. That's great. But those booster clubs and those booster members are fundraising, are out asking for support and soliciting funds. Your players need to see that. Have your parents assist with fundraising as well. Consequences. Yeah, I'm an avid reader as well. Maybe I probably haven't read as many books as you, but I've read a few. And the trend I'm starting to see within the last eight, nine years is more and more books coming out saying suicides aren't good. Putting them on the line isn't good. Laughs isn't good. Again, whatever works for you, but for me, suicides work. Running works. Push-ups work. Whatever it is that works for you and your program, have an accountability measure. Have a consequence. If they're not performing up to your level, mental-wise, have a consequence for us running works. Whatever it is for you, please do it. Don't allow players or your teams to perform in ways that you don't teach them. And that's the thing why. Don't punish them, or in my opinion, be careful punishing them for missing layups or missing shots or that sort of thing, because that's, that's more of a skill thing. But effort, I definitely agree or believe that there should be a consequence for it. And I think it should be a consequence that the whole team has to pay. Because in the state playoffs, when someone, one person blows their assignment, the whole team loses. And I think it's very, very, very important to establish that team concept, that team mentality. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying that. Um, again, make sure you subscribe down below. Go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. That allows us to bring things like this to you. Um, I hope you're fighting through the audio on this. I do apologize for that. Um, and uh, yeah, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Talk to you soon. Bye. Do, yes. Do you think that helps out with accountability too? For us, it does. For us, it does because after so many times of you performing something bad, so to speak, the players are going to get tired of paying for you. So there's going to be a self-release, which takes you out of the equation. Hey, Johnny, make sure you pay attention. Coach said two crossovers, then finish with your inside. As opposed to you, Johnny, inside. That's what has worked for us. Any of y'all still old school running sprint suicides? Coach Perry, you don't have to do that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Coaching staff. Hire assistant coaches or have assistant coaches as volunteers or whatever that have aspirations of being head coaches one day. However, 
don't hire coaches that have aspirations of coaching at the place you're coaching. <laughs> I'm just being honest, all right? Because that's, that's a thin line. You want them to be head coaches, but you don't want them to want your job. Maybe, yeah, when you get done, coach, I'm going to slide in. That's a different thing than somebody coming in on your staff like, yeah, inside head, I can do it better this way. We're people, you have, to, you have to understand that. Stick stick to your philosophy, whatever it is, and see it through. We we know the quote, and I don't know who said it or who originated it. That's why it says unknown is in parentheses. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So just because you go out for my first season, everybody beat us, I believe. We were bad. We were, we were bad, we just wasn't good. Um, we got beat by 60. One game we got beat by 73. We just wasn't there. And every game it got worse and worse. Coach, what are you doing? That's not working. That's never going to work. I stuck. We stuck with our philosophy. We stuck with our system. And just one short year later, we turned that same team getting beat by 67 good points. That same team went 22 and 7. The same team through our philosophy and through our, our constant practice. Believe in yourself and your abilities. And that's a hard thing to do because most coaches, and I'm sure you are just like I am, we take a lot to heart. Every time we lose, it, it must have been us. Right? It must have been something I didn't do, what have you. I must change. But you got to believe in yourself. It's okay to go back to the drawing board every so often. But if you're going back to the drawing board after every loss, that's not very good. You're not going to have a structured program that way. You don't know what direction you're going, and guess who else doesn't know what direction you're going? The players. Questions? So if you don't have any questions, that means I either did damn good or I wasted your time. Thanks, Scott. Uh, I'll ask one thing. I kind of went back and forth when you were talking about the running and stuff that's running. And I know I'm kind of limited on my budget, but um, how creative are you on that? You kind of, like, they know what to expect every time, or are you coming up with the whole bunch of them? Like, I told the ADHD to me or whatever. Following that path as has been um, always going to suicide. I heard Kat talking about that. She was kind of like, you don't want your kids to hate running run until you don't run. But, and I get that to an extent, but sometimes like, that's the only way. I, I know the coach at West Virginia, this is where I was saying the budget comes in. I wish I could afford it, but he puts like eight treadmills around the floor. And as soon as they uh, mess up, you get a point. And then you get on that treadmill, and he's like, you don't have to run, it's just on racket. So you can just keep up with the treadmill. You put it up really high and, and tell them you're on there for so many minutes or whatever like that. Right. Just being creative or whatever like that. How much do you implement into your work? I'm I'm not real creative. I have the first time that I address it. It's a down back. 
The second time I address it, it's a push up. The third time I address it, we have stairs in our two cases. They go up pretty high. We run a stair. First time it's on you, the next two times it's on the team, and then the cycle continues. Now, again, I, I tell you, you have to be careful because there are some times, there are some practices that basketball players, student athletes, especially females, no, not no females, so just who I coach, they're stubborn. So they figure, coach, I'll run all day. Eventually, we have to run this place. We got a game on, right? But I'm just as stubborn as they are. And I'd rather not be prepared for the game skill-wise in your mental strength. So we'll, I'll go as long as they want to go. And if it's time for practice to end, I had that in my slide about end practice on time. Parents come in and tell hey, coach, it's time for practice to go. Your kid isn't following instructions. If you get them to follow instructions, they'll be outside short. You may not have that leeway in your program, but for me, that's what it is. So to answer your question, coach, I'm not very creative. They know. And a lot of times, that self-police and come down. Stop what you're doing. We're not going to do this again because next is the stairs, and we don't need to do that today. I did the same thing one time that you were just talking about. I had to run for an hour and a half straight the night before the game. And the message kind of got through with it. You know, it kind of cost us. It is. And it's kind of like you guys were off early than late. Absolutely. And I, I agree with, with that philosophy. And it, it has hurt. And it's, just, it's up to you how, how far you want to go. For me, that mental toughness, that, that ability to follow instructions, how to get it, outweighs that loss. For me, you know, some of you, you know, <clears throat> I'm just providing things that has helped our program be solid, I believe. Any other questions? Thank you for that question, though. Um, what was the big change when you went from losing team to what, what happened to girls or major? Great question. Nothing. We just kept grinding and sticking to our philosophy. We went very good. Um, but I expected them to be there. We didn't change a thing from year to year. Everybody, even you, 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 you introduced me as, you know, he's great. He went from here to here in a matter of year. I didn't change. There was nothing great about it. It's just over time, over time, they learned. We learned what the system was, what was going to work for us. Now, there was definitely time to go myself and, and coach the staff said, coach, we're 0-7. You sure this is the direction we want to go? And just with belief and trust and perseverance, I think if we stick with this, we will be okay. And for us, it happened to work out. But of course, it could have went the other way, and I'm sitting, I don't know, coaching tennis or cross country or something. <laughs> no knocking those sports, it's just that wasn't, wasn't what I wanted to do. Uh, I have time for a few more questions. Yes, sir. Okay, so did you see a change in your leadership, like from uh, seniors and upperclassmen, um, from, from when you first came and you had moved to the maybe now? Did you see like a change in them and how they led? Yes. When I came, of course, there were senior leadership that was under another coach before. So they had their standards, their philosophy, and still for three years from someone else. And he was an amazing coach. Amazing coach, and I learned so much from him. Um, but, of course, everybody is different. So there are some things that, that I wanted to instill that was quite different. 
So things did get much better once I had the group that came against me. It really did. Is that what you were asking? Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, we're definitely. Excuse me. Fantastic. Fuentes. Coach Fuentes, good to meet you. Um, what do you do about like mental toughness of like slow practices, like or like beginning slow practices? That happens. It, it really does. And what I try to do is not get frustrated with it. Um, that's the main thing, and then we just keep repeating the process. And that's why I say running works. So those practices where it's getting like that, I'll just put all the balls on the rack, take those upstairs, lock them up, and say, hey, we can have basketball practice, which is not the focus, or we can have track practice. It doesn't matter to me, because I'm not running anyway. So usually that gets it. And like Coach um, Shaver said, it's been situations where that's hurt as well. So you got to kind of find that balance what works for you. It's been situations where the girls were very subtle, and it just it, it became that. And then next night, night next night after that, and after that, it it's so. I just want to make a comment. Um, I don't know if you've seen Coach Cooper, but he believes what he believes, and I I would dare say that the difference between year one and year two, from my viewpoint, was. It's hard to learn and get better at the same time. So in year two, when they got to know what to do, it kind of helps you. And that's kind of um, what I told my kids forever. I, I know you're brand new to this. So I'm, I'm trying to give you some way to understand. But once you, if you think about this school, when you're learning something brand new, when I get to business school at UNCG, I struggled. And then when I kind of knew, okay, these classes go this way, and, and there was some consistency, then it was easier to let off them. And the winning part becomes a little bit more of a pedigree than you figure it out. Absolutely. Things go much better when you're winning. Those messages went across much clearer. And it, they believe that when you lose, it's like, no, we'll, we'll keep doing it because we don't want to write suicides. But then once you start to see the benefit from it, then it was uh, kind of second nature. We're going to have time for a few more. Oh, we, we have time. Okay. Coach, just to, just to follow up, you know, kind of come with the other statements. You talked about gentlemen, culture, building the program. You know, in our in our situation, you know, we're private and the numbers are different. So, you know, I don't have girls that truly want to play basketball or play basketball. You know, they're there just to kind of get the feedback. You know, and we're surrounded by schools. Northern Hill, Northwest Hill, Oklahoma State Championships this past year. And so they look at that and they're like, the grass is greener on the other side. And so you're trying to build a program with young ladies that aren't in the gym post-Edward. You know, so we talk about preseason workouts and we talk about team and stuff like that. But, you know, you want the line, right? But if you're not getting the commitment from local players and the parents, and I'm, I'm curious as to suggest this, as to how do you really your situation is very unique in that private school. One, numbers are low, and two, uh, most of the time students already, well, I'm assuming most of the time student athletes know what their niche is by the time they get you. Um, so I can't really provide a great answer for you, but I can tell you what, what it was for us that got the ball rolling. 
Um, and it was being blessed and lucky. We had one or two freshmen come in a year that I got hired who was committed. And that those that those two combined in fed off from other people, even ones that wasn't basketball players. But they saw how much that they worked, you know, how committed they were, and it just kind of kind of fed. It's kind of contagious. Um, if I was in your situation, again, no expert. I haven't ever been into a private school. But I would probably start with some athletes who may play soccer, um, who may play something else that's, that's a very agile sport, and just ask them, do you want to try basketball? And I, I use small steps. Um, there's kids I got out the hallway, I said, just come to one practice. How is it? Well, come to one. Try it for a week, and if you don't like it, it's fine. Um, another thing that, that is, has helped me and may not be relevant to your situation, we talk about the parent right here. Myself and my coaches have had to be somewhat of that parent right here. Um, take them home, pick them up for Saturday practice. They may not, that may be their outlet. So what we use basketball for at our school, and I didn't go much in the background of our school, but we're a Title I school. What that means is most of the students are below the poverty line, this, that, and third. So what I try to do is show basketball as a, as a lifeline. This is something that you, you can do after school, that you can get away from your situation just for a couple hours. And again, that doesn't sound like it would work for you, so to speak, but that, that's where, where we are. Great question. To know, as you, I believe that you will build your program. I like to know later on what, what worked for you, because you know I'm I'm still learning as well. And I think a private school situation, especially with female sports right now, would, would take a whole lot of creativity. Any more questions? All right. So we know nothing in life is free. So I've given you. Pretty much what I got. I need a few minutes to take back. I really do. So, you gentlemen over here have been pretty quiet the whole time. So, I know you have something good for me that I can take back or something that's on the slide that you may disagree with, something that can get my juice flowing as well. I was just going to comment that I started to stick in the state championship team to play. Um, I think Casey going out pretty well when he was at Reedsville. So I've gone down to business just to see this team play because we typically scrimmage them in the preseason. They had that undefeated season going on. And their team pretty much dismantled them to the point where they couldn't cross half court against the pressure. So 
feel free. I'm not that guy that you're going to get on my nerves or you might get home and think about something or you might just want to want to talk. Um, my email is there. I don't mind giving out my cell phone. It's 336-430-5555. Again, that phone is 336-430-8404. Um, what you'll get from me is honesty. Let's make it quite clear, because I don't want you guys to go anywhere else and introduce me like Coach Flo did and say I'm some guru. I'm not that. But what I will offer is the insight and my perception of what has helped and hurt me along the ways. Um, and I'll be straight honest with that. That's just who I am. Um, and then it just helps to balance your ideas off of other people who may have crossed that same path or that same bridge that you have. And I don't mind sharing, uh, sharing anything because most of it I've gotten from other people. So I'll share the wealth. Definitely appreciate, appreciate you guys taking a few moments with me this morning and um, listening to what I have to offer again. I hope this will help you and your program along the way. Hey, Coach, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and again, 18,000 apologies for the audio. Um, it is what it is, but I, again, thought it was, I cleaned it up the best I could. Um, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. I want to take my wife to dinner. <laughs> and uh, again, make sure you subscribe and like here, and then make sure you go over and check out, you know, like I don't talk about my YouTube channel a lot, but go over and check that out. Subscribe, like. Um, I think it will be a, a great, great resource for you if you're not a member of our of our Teach Hoops community. So have a great week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.